Want to grow the value of your company? Start with the values of your company. To stand out in today's overly commoditized world, your company must stand for something bigger than what you make. That's the work of Values Institute. Our social science model of values-based culture development will help you grow the value of your company by growing trust, your most valuable corporate asset. To learn more about our proprietary process, visit thevaluesinstitute.org and start growing the value of your business today. Were you born between 1946 and 1964? If so, you're a baby boomer. Did you know that there are over 12 million baby boomer business owners in the U.S.? And they all have one thing in common. Someday, every one of them will exit their business. And a large number of them want to exit in the next five years. What about you? What's your five-year plan? At Exit and Retirement Strategies, we work every day with business owners like you. As your exit coach, we create a planning roadmap that you're tax, legal, and financial advisors can all work together from as a team to help you reach your goals. Then we make sure the work gets done on a prioritized basis. This approach saves time and money. If you want to start the clock on your five-year exit plan, call Bill Black, the exit coach, at 866-370-3774 for a free consultation. That's 866-370-3774. We'll help you find your exit. And now back with Bill and his next guest. I'm back here with uh, Aaron Weiner, who's a senior VP of Bayless and Associates from Los Angeles. And uh, Aaron and I have been talking over the week for and preparing for the interview, and he's got some very interesting tips and angles to make your business lease an attractive asset of your business when it's time to sell. Aaron, welcome to the show. Hi, Bill. It's very nice to be here. Thanks for having me. Aaron, we usually start by giving our audience a brief overview of you and your company. Can you tell our listeners a little bit about uh, your background and what you've done? Yes, certainly. Um, Bill, I've been in commercial real estate for about 33 years. Uh, The first 25 or so I spent for the most part in the uh, property management area of commercial real estate. I see. As a result, uh, you know, uh, my roles there were in service to the landlord, the owner uh, of uh, the property. Mm-hmm. I transitioned from there um, into uh, the development area uh, uh, at certain points of my career and uh, always was involved in leasing in one way or another. Uh, it's only been the last eight years or so that uh, my efforts um, have been all concentrated in the leasing area. So you've looked at a lot of leases <laughs> over the years. I certainly <laughs> have. And uh, how about your Bayless and Associates, and uh, what, what market do you particularly uh, concentrate on in Bayless? Well, I'm glad uh, you asked me that, Bill. Um, Bayless and Associates is uh, a tenant representation brokerage, and that's the area where I concentrate my efforts. As I mentioned a moment ago, uh, I spent the majority of my career or my property management uh, years of the career uh, working for the landlord side of the equation. Now I'm working on the tenant side. And, I see. And I, I, I like to think that I, um, uh, I bring my understanding and knowledge of the landlord side to bear for uh, the benefit of my clients when I help them yeah, find you, the best deal. gives you a great perspective. Um, certainly, if I'm a tenant, I'd, I'd want to know I have someone who's seen both sides of the table and, and knows what to look out for. Yes. And uh, so do you work for any particular types and sizes of business? What's an ideal kind of client for you? 
Well, because of my uh, property management experience, Bill, I, I had a lot of exposure to all of what I call the big three types of uh, commercial properties, office, industrial, and retail. Early part of my career, I spent a lot of time in uh, the shopping center industry. Uh, I managed a lot of shopping centers. So I, uh, I help tenants in all three areas. Mm-hmm. And, some, and some of my tenants occupy two of the three. For instance, uh, I spent many uh, years at a firm, a local firm, that was doing uh, third-party transaction management for the Kellogg Company. And I did a lot of warehouses for them around the country, as, as well as office suites. Size-wise, it's more a function of um, you know the nature of the business. Is it uh, a client that has a single location or multiple locations. So I, I provide services to clients ranging from 1,000 square feet to 100,000 square oh, feet. Oh, it's all across the board. Anybody can, can benefit from your expertise then. And, you know, in, in our conversations, there's some interesting terminology. You, men- you mentioned something along the lines of asking a business owner, is their real estate lease an asset or is it a liability to their company? Right? Did I get that right? Uh, is that the terminology you used? What do you mean by that? Well, <clears throat> especially in the context of your audience, Bill, in planning an exit strategy, a real estate lease can be a plus, add value to the business, or quite the opposite. Uh, it can be uh, a detractor of value. Take, for example, uh, a retail lease. Usually when someone's buying a business, they want to see a good lease in place with a significant amount of term. Someone is paying a lot of uh, intrinsic value for the goodwill of the company, and it's a negative if there's not a lot of term left on the lease. They may be facing a landlord that has another idea for that space. They're going to have to relocate. I see. Um, okay. if, the, if the business is a capital-intensive one, like, say, a restaurant, where it costs a lot of money to set up shop, having a short-term lease is a real problem. On the other hand, if it's a business or a business operation that is not location-intensive, a distributor of air conditioning equipment, let's a say, and they got where people aren't visiting, right? Where right. Location exactly. Is, is exactly. Yeah. And you know, you take a warehouse where uh, inventory is stored. It's fairly easy to move that inventory somewhere else. Someone's buying the business; they might be buying a business to increase their market share, and they might find that some of the facilities are uh, redundant. In nature, right? Okay, they've okay, yeah. got they they have another location fairly close by. Um, that could be a liability if they're stuck in a long term lease for that space. Uh, they may want to be able to end that lease and consolidate everything into one warehouse, or get out of uh, the two warehouses and get one larger one. So it's a case by case. Yeah, that makes that now I see that makes a lot of sense. So depending on the type of business, your your time horizon, how location sensitive it is to your business, yes. and uh, and who your target buyers are, you want to look at all of your terms with all of that in mind and then maybe renegotiate if you need to 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 get a longer term so that your your business if it is location sensitive is more valuable to a to a buyer. Right. That, I'm sure, Bill, that um, you preach to your clients that it's important to plan ahead and have a strategy. It's the exact same thing in real estate. Yeah, well, that makes a tremendous amount of sense. And so what are the some of the common problems that you might see 
in someone's lease. Um, are there are there things that stand out on a regular basis that you look at and go, well, here we go again? <laughs> um, you know, it's I, I always like to use illustrations in the retail area, although I don't spend the majority of my time there. Some of the examples are very illustrative. For instance, the permitted use clause in a retail lease or really any lease If someone's thinking about their exit strategy, they may be selling their business to a competitor who's going to continue operating their business. It will simply absorb the business and there won't be any change. Mm -hmm. It could be a company that's looking to, to buy your business as an adjunct to theirs. They may want to modify the use of the leased facility a little bit. The more flexible and general, if you will, that the permitted use clause is written, the better. In retail in particular, I mean, I, I had a, a, a very quick example. I had a, uh, a couple that was buying a coffee house in San Diego. They were actually buying the business, <clears throat> and the lease needed to be renewed, and I was working on that with them. The use clause was very restrictive in light of an exclusive right that a large restaurant had in the shopping center as far as what they and only they could do. And as a result, the coffee house's lease was written saying you can do A, B, C, and D specifically. And it was very restrictive, but it, it steered clear of the use that the, the restaurant had elsewhere in the shopping center. I see. And what we did in uh, adjusting that, we, we adjusted the lease to say that we can sell anything that isn't prohibited by that other lease. Oh, now, okay. now suddenly we can do everything but, as opposed to just specific things that are affirmatively stated in the lease. That's very useful in a retail lease. Um, uh, you know, someone sells a clothing store and it says a certain style of clothing. That could get in their way if someone's looking to expand the styles and uh, the merchandise that they want to sell in that store. So they have to pay a particular attention to that depending on where they where they are and what their future of their business might be turn into and of course they might be acquired by another business that brings in another line they better have thought that well in advance right another important area bill for uh, for business owners to consider uh, those in your audience that um, are leasing their real estate probably are familiar with the concept of an option to extend the lease usually at the end of the term they've they've got the right to extend the lease oftentimes it's really fairly common that that standard lease language states that that option is personal to them and cannot be transferred. I see. Some landlords are very, very sticky about that, and you're not going to get away from it. Um, But if you have a broker that can help negotiate that away and say that an approved assignee of the lease can exercise that option as well, then suddenly that's something that a buyer of the business will be able to see as their choice. I see. To so exercise. leaving options open for the future. Yeah. We're talking with Aaron Weiner of Bayless and & Associates, and we'll be right back after this commercial message. Your place of business is your company's image to the outside world and an essential part of your company's culture to your employees. It's also one of the biggest expenses on your profit and loss statement. So spare yourself the exasperation of spending countless hours of your staff's time finding the right location and negotiating in the dark. 
With more than 30 years of experience in the commercial real estate industry, you can trust Aaron Weiner from Bayless & Associates to be your advocate for mission-critical real estate decisions so you can keep your company's resources focused on your core business. Read more about their expertise that they can save you precious time and money at www.baylesre.com. That's B-A-I-L-E-S-R-E.com. Or call Aaron Weiner directly at 310-445-4303. That's 310-445-4303. And now back with the conclusion of their interview. Well, welcome back. Uh, I'm talking with Aaron Weiner of Bayless and Associates, and we learned early in the interview here that you have to watch out for a lot of things that might uh, devalue your business if you have a lease and you're considering ed- exiting your business in the next few years, which many of our listeners are. So, Aaron, let's talk some more about a few stories. Maybe give us some uh, client success stories, businesses that have come to you, what they what they were looking for, and what you helped them do, and and what was the outcome. Well, I already used uh, the story of the coffee house in uh, the San Diego area. That was a great example of the value I was able to add to that the deal. I mean, it's it's boring to your audience to talk about how I negotiated the rent. I'm expert at that, and uh, that's always a function of the market and the motivation of the landlord, uh, which uh, an experienced broker sort of has the ability to see. We're sort of clairvoyant. Uh, we can see it in the nature of the property, in the way the vacancies are are marketed, uh, understanding the landlord and his various holdings and his motivations or her motivations. Mm -hmm. Other success stories uh, usually simply circulate around really understanding, you know, my being able to understand and ask a lot of questions of my clients, uh, understanding their business and um, asking them hard questions about, you know, where they want to go, you know, whether they need room to grow. Mm-hmm. whether they need flexibility to get out of the lease, what the nature of you know, their future projections are. I've uh, negotiated leases for clients that were growing teams, and they leased an entire floor of a building because they were very, very confident about their growth. That's rather unusual to grow into space, especially with rents the way they are on the west side of yeah, Los yeah. Angeles. <laughs> to take it all up front without some kind of a, uh, hopefully, growth kind of a clause built into there. Absolutely. Now, now you mentioned um, on the when we were talking before the five considerations, five lease considerations. Are these some of the considerations here that, that you're talking about? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So what are the five? Let's let's categorize those five. So the well, let's see. We hit on a couple of those. Uh, yeah. You know the term the term of the lease is very important and uh, something that will not only for the sake of your audience is not only tuned into uh, the business owner's needs, but who they envision is possibly the successor or who the target company is. Yeah, the future, the future of the business. There is the image of the place of work Hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. that impacts not just the impression of uh, the business, the perception of the business to the outside world, but it's also very important for the morale of the employees, where they come to work. Moving's expensive, and a lot of businesses are lazy about relocating, mm-hmm. um, and they end up kind of ensconced in a functionally obsolescent warehouse or retail store, something that doesn't uh, really work for them in a functional way, apart from the image. You need to take stock on what's important to make your company 
go. Mm-hmm. Low rent uh, and watching your bottom line is very important. Mm-hmm. But what's the use of doing that if you're in a building where the parking is poor, there's a lot of break-ins, and you're not able to attract the good talent or keep the good talent at the company? So you really need to take a good, hard look at how your real estate can impact your business. No, that makes a lot of sense. So would you say rents, well, obviously wages and rents are two of the biggest expense, expense items for a business. Usually one and two right there. Yeah. And so uh, in a business situation, um, are there any other precautions that things that they should think about before they jump into a, a lease uh, or, or move from one place to another? Anything that comes to the top of your mind? It's the details. Uh, the devil's in the details. Uh, it's planning your timing, understanding what it's going to take for you to move to relocate your business, getting early access into the premises if the landlord is remodeling, let's say it's a classic uh, office lease, landlord's remodeling the space, when do you need to get your vendors in there to install your telecom wiring and your systems, your security systems? When do you need to start moving in? It's, It's getting that timing done. A lot of tenants get very, very nervous. Sometimes they plan a little bit late or they find themselves up against a deadline and having to move out, and it puts a lot of pressure on them. Some of that pressure can be relieved through skillful negotiations. I'm very, very aware I've had a lot of experience in uh, working with the timing issues, and if I can detect them early enough, quite often it's not uh, so difficult to negotiate a deal with the landlord to extend. Most leases, for instance, have what's called uh, a holdover penalty, and it states something to the effect of that if the tenant stays beyond the end of the lease, rent goes up to 200% of what the original rent was. That's really there to protect the landlord in case the tenant just isn't going to budge, and he needs that space. Uh, In particular, the landlords advise the tenant, I found a new tenant for the space, and you need to be out of here. That tenant doesn't leave. That could cost the landlord a lot of money. So that needs to be pretty draconian for the landlord's sake. But if that's not the case, and you suspect that you're going to need an extra 30 days because construction's a little behind schedule or something like that. As often happens, right? You usually can go to the landlord nicely and say, can we adjust our schedule a little bit? And the landlord will say, fine, maybe there'll be a small surcharge, kind of a month-to-month rent where it's it's 10% or 20% higher to hurry you up a little bit, but it's not that 200. So um, there's just all kinds of things that can be negotiated that a lot um, of tenants not really understanding or having a lot of experience in the lease contract are fearful of that well, a good broker can, can help them yeah, work out. Yeah, it sounds like num- rule number one is don't go it alone. Contact someone like yourself early so that you can plan it out and really think through this so that your lease is an asset, not a liability. How would someone get uh, in touch with you, Aaron, and what's the best way for them to reach you? The best way to reach me, like everybody, I suppose, is uh, email or phone. Uh, I can be reached. Uh, um, my direct line at uh, Bayless and Associates is 310-445-4303. And uh, I can also be reached by email at Aaron, that's A-A-R-O-N, at Bayless, R-E-B-A-I-L-E-S-R-E.com. Well, that was a fantastic, a lot of information. And listeners, uh, call Aaron if you have any questions about your lease, you want it reviewed. Uh, he'll be happy to, to talk to you about that. And uh, thank you very much for coming on the show today. We have a fascinating show again next week. 
Join us then. We're here every Wednesday from 1 to 2 p.m. on ExitCoachRadio.com. You've been listening to the Exit Coach Radio Show, the show for baby boomer business owners. Join us live every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time here on octalkradio.net. And don't forget to listen to the Audible, our daily one-minute tip of the day on exitcoachradio.com. The Exit Coach Radio Show is brought to you by Exit and Retirement Strategies. We'll help you find your exit. For Exit Coach Radio, I'm Spike Reel saying so long for now. Securities offered through J.W. Cole Financial Incorporated, member FINRA SIPC. Exit and Retirement Strategies Incorporated and J.W. Cole Financial are not affiliated. Any opinions are those of Bill Black and not necessarily those of J.W. Cole Financial or J.W. Cole Advisors Incorporated. Realtors helping us look for housing right now or something to rent or something, but there's just everyone's looking for something right now, you know. We haven't gotten any real good leads yet. Local officials hope to make federal disaster housing assistance available to those who need it. driving up home prices. There are also fewer distressed houses on the market, which is a sign of the sector's health, but that is also boosting price tags. Median home prices are now at nearly $200,000, up nearly 13% over last year. Higher prices mean fewer people can afford homes, and that is cooling the overall sales volume. The Realtors Association says prices will ease and home sales could pick up if home building starts to accelerate to match demand. But so far, construction remains far below normal levels. Yuki Noguchi, NPR News, Washington. Before the closing bell, Dow is down 66 points at 15,901. I'm Lakshmi Singh, NPR News, in Washington.